Chapter 5. Sam's First Day For a moment, when Megan woke up the next morning, she had forgotten that Sam had arrived. She was reminded of it almost immediately afterward, though, when she could hear Charlie's cheery big brother voice in his room next door. It continued to be painfully apparent when she went across the hall to take a shower and had to wait until Vicky had finished helping Sam take a bath. By the time Megan had gotten her turn in the shower and finished getting ready, she was already running behind. She grabbed one of Charlie's toaster pastries and listened in to the plans being made in the next room. We'll need to get school stuff too, Howard, and a winter coat and boots, it was Vicky's voice. Okay, why don't you take this? There was a pause and Megan figured money was changing hands. And let me know what it all comes to. Keep your receipts. Of course. And Megan will be home by three o'clock, right? I think she just came down. Megan? He called, soon appearing from around the corner. You're going to be home by three, right? Yeah, whatever, Megan replied, not looking up. Megan peeked in and saw Sam sitting at the dining room table in his pajamas, eating cereal and watching cartoons amidst the hubbub of Howard and Vicky discussing her shopping trip, Phil gathering papers, and Rom on the phone animatedly talking with someone. Sam looked a little lost, his hair freshly combed and still wet from the bath, but not sad. He seemed content in his own little world. Megan, let's go, Charlie called, and Megan grabbed her backpack and ran out to the car. Megan came close to skipping out on her responsibility after her last class. She very nearly turned to go downtown. She decided at the last minute to follow through on what she had promised, however, more because she didn't want to cause problems for Vicky than out of obedience to Howard. She got there just a few minutes after three o'clock, and Vicky was dressed in her scrubs and ready to leave as soon as Megan arrived. She quickly briefed Megan on how she and Sam had spent the day, shopping for clothes, school supplies, and a few toys, then back to the house for a lunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. After Vicky left, Megan peeked into the living room to see Sam on the floor with a coloring book and a new box of crayons. The television was on, tuned to some cartoon. I need to turn this down so I can do my homework, Megan said, and she turned the small dial as far down as it would go without clicking off. Okay, Sam responded distractedly. Megan sat down at the dining room table and pulled out her history book and worksheet. She began reading and filling in the worksheet as she read, and the only other sound in the quiet house was the subtle scratching of crayons on paper and Sam's occasional humming. After a while, as she was just finishing the history worksheet, Sam popped up next to her, startling her. Is that your backyard? He pointed toward the large window. Yeah, Megan responded. It wasn't a huge yard, but Megan knew it pretty well, having had to mow it every few weeks over the course of the summer. It had a few trees, one that grew right next to the back porch, and another one toward the back that Megan often thought would be good for climbing. Can I go out and play in it? Did Vicky get you a jacket? Yeah, he answered excitedly, and gloves and boots and a hat. He darted over to the sofa in the living room where Vicky had laid out the new clothes they had gotten. He was already scrambling into his jacket by the time Megan had walked across the room. The gloves are too big for me, but Vicky said I would grow into them. Megan helped him zip up his jacket. He was excited to wear the hat and the gloves, which were unnecessary in the warm New Mexico autumn. And after putting them on, she could see what Sam meant. The gloves made his little hands look huge. Will you come out and play with me? No, I have to work on my homework. Okay. She opened the rarely used back door, which required moving a box of Howard's papers, and Sam ran out back excitedly. She opened the curtains on the large living room window so she could keep an eye on him and went back to her homework. 
Megan continued working, periodically looking up to check on Sam. First, he just bounded around the perimeter of the yard, checking out the different adjacent yards, one of which contained an old sun-baked swing set that looked forgotten by children who had long grown out of it. Something then caught his eye closer to the center of the yard, a bug or something equally small, and he squatted down to inspect it, watching it and sometimes poking at it for several long minutes. Soon he resumed his search and turned up an old Nerf football, a large chunk missing from the side, that had likely been thrown over from one of the adjoining yards. He began tossing it up in the air as high as he could, no more than ten feet or so, and tried, completely unsuccessfully, to catch it as it came down. After a while, Megan had moved to the sofa and was attempting to once again start the scarlet letter as Sam knocked on the back door, unable to manipulate the hard-to-turn doorknob himself. Megan got up to let him back in. Where are your gloves? Oh, he exclaimed, running back out to the porch to retrieve them. They kept falling off my hands. He came inside and squirmed out of his coat and hat. Can I have a snack? Megan looked at the clock. It was a little after four. Did Howard or Vicky say what dinner was going to be tonight? It seemed weird for Megan to ask this, since everyone usually fended for themselves for meals. But Sam wasn't old enough to make his own food. Megan wondered how Howard was planning to handle that. She hoped she wasn't going to get roped into being a cook as well as a babysitter. No, Sam replied. He looked thoughtful for a moment and followed as Megan got up to go into the kitchen. Are they the mom and dad? Uh, Howard and Vicky? Megan choked on a laugh of surprise at what sounded like such a ridiculous concept. No, she said, opening the refrigerator. Oh, I thought... Megan pulled out a couple of apples. Howard owns this house, and Vicky is just one of the people who lives here. Why does she live here? Megan eyed him for a moment, trying to decide how to answer. Because she jumped off the Peggy Sue Bridge like you did. Megan gave Sam one of the apples and sat down at the kitchen table to start eating it. Did it make her mom and dad forget about her, too? Megan's heart skipped a beat to hear him say it. So they did tell him, she thought. She wondered if it was Officer Rowe. She couldn't imagine that Howard would have the courage to do it. Yeah, that's what happens. Sam sat down at the table and looked vacantly at the apple in his hand. Did everybody that lives here fall off the bridge so their moms and dads would forget about them? Everyone except Howard. Sam thought for a moment continuing to hold his apple without eating it. Why did you jump? She let the words out of her mouth before she had a chance to second-guess herself. Huh? Why did you jump off the bridge? I didn't mean to. I fell off when I was running to catch up with my brothers. What? I was trying to catch up to my brothers. So you jumped? No, I tripped and fell off, but I didn't get hurt. But I don't remember it very well. Megan didn't know what to say. She didn't know everything about why everyone jumped, but she knew that they all jumped. At least, thinking about it now, she was pretty sure they all did. It wasn't something that was talked about, at least not around her. And in her mind, that's how it all made sense. You jump off the bridge and you forfeit your right to choose what happens next. You expect death, of course, heaven, hell, eternal nothingness. So why should you complain when you wake up, alive and well, in a world that has forgotten you? You chose to give up control. But Sam didn't fit into all this. What did he have to be punished for? It was bad enough when she thought he had chosen to jump. Even then, she thought it flew in the face of cosmic justice. How could a little kid be held accountable for something like that? But this, this was even worse. To take everything away from a little boy, family, friends, home, favorite toys, because he tripped and fell? 
It made her feel sick to her stomach. Did you fall off too? Megan hesitated for a moment. She didn't want to lie to him. No, I jumped off. Why? Because I... She wanted to be honest with him, the way that she wished everyone would be honest with her, but the words sounded so harsh, so violent in a room with an innocent seven-year-old boy. Because I was stupid and I didn't care, she thought. You'll understand when you're older, she said resignedly. She finished her apple and got up to throw away the core as the front door opened and Phil walked in, wearing his bright red Metzger's hardware vest. Seeing Megan and Sam in the kitchen, he spoke a quiet but friendly hello and went immediately upstairs. What's his name again? Sam asked, watching him slowly ascend the steps. Phil. Did he jump off too? Yeah, a long time ago. He was the first one. Why? I don't know. I never asked him. Charlie says it was because of stress. She felt like answering his questions to make up for copping out before. What's stress? Sam was finished with his apple, but was finding tiny bites around the stem. It's when things just get to be too much for you, I guess. Like you have too many things to do. Hmm. Sam ducked his head to look up the stairs from his vantage point in the kitchen. Where does he live? Here, Megan answered, feeling a little irritated that she had to keep explaining it. His bedroom is on the other side from mine and Charlie's. The house had originally been a duplex, one of hundreds built by the government to house scientists when Los Alamos was still a secret city. Howard had long ago removed the shared wall on the bottom landing of the stairs and added a doorway between the two living rooms, creating a single big unit. Vicky's, Megan's, and Charlie's rooms were on the side above the kitchen, and Howard, Rom, and Phil had bedrooms on the other side. The opposite kitchen had been repurposed into a storage room, and the other living room had Rom's computer and video games and Charlie's weightlifting stuff, making it sort of a rumpus room. Sam got up and started heading up the stairs, as if to follow Phil. Megan didn't realize at first what he was doing, but when he got to the landing and walked through the doorway to the other side, she got up and hurried after him. Sam, wait, no. Sam stopped and turned around, a confused look on his face. You need to stay down here. Phil um, likes to be by himself. Why? I don't know. He just does, Megan answered, again growing tired of the constant questions. You know, the people who live here kind of leave each other alone. The explanation didn't really seem to register in Sam's mind, but he came back down the stairs anyway. Do you want to play toys with me? Don't you want to watch cartoons some more? Not really. Could we play G.I. Joe? Megan sighed. Looking up at the clock, she realized she still had half an hour before Howard and the others came home. She wondered just how long she was going to have to babysit this kid, how many questions she was going to have to answer, how many times she was going to have to pretend to enjoy playing with little plastic army men. Okay, just for a little bit, she said, resigning to her fate. Excited at the answer, Sam ran up to Charlie's room and, a few seconds later, came bouncing down the stairs with the snowmobile and action figures he had come home with the night before. You can have the snowmobile first, he offered, with a glint of joy in his eye. It was the first time Megan had seen a little bit of happiness break through Sam's dullish, tired, and lost expression. Okay, she said, and followed him as he flew the action figures' imaginary planes into the living room.